0: Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, we started a new series called Turn the Page" last week, and we started with what I would consider the most important lesson in life, uh, and it was out of Deuteronomy chapter... Eight, and it was talking to a people who had just gone through a wilderness how many would possibly call 2020 a wilderness <laughs> how many are glad 2020 is over yeah do you know a wilderness is necessary in every life in fact Jesus Jesus waited 30 years to get into the ministry and then he was baptized he heard the voice of the father say this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased he was empowered by the Spirit, filled by the Spirit, and sent out to the Spirit on his first mission, and it was into the wilderness. I waited 30 years for the wilderness. Sometimes you feel like that. I waited 30 years for the wilderness. Listen, he didn't go, he wasn't called to the wilderness, He was, called, but he was called to go through the wilderness. How many are glad that the Lord didn't call us to the wilderness, but to go through the wilderness? Let me tell you, 2020, as I said at the beginning of the year, it was a necessary year for you. But this was written, and this was last week. I'm just going to give you just a little snippet of last week. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, he says to him, And you shall remember the Lord your God, who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble you and to test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he may make you to know. That man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you haven't listened to the message last week on the purpose of the wilderness, you need to listen to it. But basically, he says in this scripture that there's three reasons why you need to go through the wilderness. One is to break you down, to humble you, to let you know it's not just you being stronger that's going to get you through things in life. No, it's to break you down, to humble you. Number two, it really gets you in alignment, right? Uh, Number two is to test you. And what's the primary test? To see what's inside of you. See, you can fake what's outside of you. You can dress a certain way, act a certain way, put on a certain face, and people can say you're having a good day. But the Lord doesn't test the outside. He tests the inside. And the wilderness will test what's inside of you. Somebody say, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Was your insides tested last year? Yeah. Tested (laughs) your insides, right? And then number three, it was to teach you. The reason for the wilderness was to teach you. It's to break you down, to test you and what's in your heart, but then also to teach you. And here's the lesson that they needed to learn. It's the lesson he's trying to teach you. And something about God is if you'll learn the lesson, you don't have to go back through the wilderness and if you don't learn the lesson, then you'll say, Lord, lead me, and he'll lead you right back into the wilderness again. Why? Because you have to be broken down and tested, and in the army, you join, or the Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, you join the military, what do they do? They, if you're a man, they shave your head, they take away all your clothes, they take away your identity, your earrings, all the things that you have of self, and what do they do? They give you a pair of clothes, they, they, they humble you, They test what's in your heart. You're not with your mama anymore, boy. Right? (laughs) You're like a little girl, right? And then what do they do? And then they teach you, this is the way we live. Right? Do you know that God, in a sense, he's not some big mean God. It's dangerous if you bring too much of self into the military. Why? Because you'll get out there during fighting times. And if you haven't been broken down and tested and taught, you can actually risk people's lives right so what does God do he says if you want to be used by God you're going to have to ready here we go I'm going to fill you with the spirit I'm going to anoint you I'm going to and then I'm going to send you right out into the wilderness man call to the wilderness I hate it (laughs) that's what someone might say but you know what it's for your benefit it's for my benefit we all have to go through it And there's times, I believe, wilderness seasons in our lives that we have to go through. Listen to it again. Uh, We have to go through it. And and here's what the lesson is, though. Here's what the lesson is, that your life is not sustained by you. It's sustained by the words that come out of God's mouth. That is what he's going to teach you, that your life is sustained by the words that come out of the mouth of God, that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's the lesson. If you'll get that lesson, you don't have to go back to the wilderness. Oh, I got it. How many would say, I got it? I'm gonna get it, right, okay. So uh, how do you receive? All, the, all that you need to know is that you need the word of the Lord. You receive the word of the Lord through one of two things. One is daily getting into the word and praying. There's nothing in your life that will replace you getting into God's word and praying. It's the best way to disciple yourself. Uh, if you didn't get a bookmark last week that we passed out, would you just raise your hand right now? We have some people available right now to hand you a bookmark. I want every person to have a bookmark that didn't get one last week, okay? Just raise your hand up high, unashamedly, okay? And someone's gonna give you a bookmark. Every person, uh, I want you to jump into God's word with us. Let's read it together. Start with just a chapter. Let's get some basics before we get home runs, right? Let's be consistent. And, and open God's word every day, so like today is the 10th, it would be Luke chapter 10, and we'll read Luke chapter 10 together, and it allows us a, a time and place that we can fellowship around the word of God, make sure that you're praying every day, what's the best way to pray to God, well communicate with God, communicate to God what's on your mind, what's on your heart, and pray to God, And I'm telling you, you have to develop your communication with God. The second big way to receive from the Lord, I mean, it's daily word and daily prayer. But hear the word of God. It says in Romans chapter 10, how shall they believe? See, faith is the way that we get victory. Faith is the way that we live. But how shall we get faith unless we hear? It's the hearing of the word of God, the preached word of God. And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So it's vital for me. Every single day, I try to do my best to listen to two teachings. I just do that. I just try to listen. Why? To build up my own faith. Why? Because just like a muscle, you could build it up until you look like, you know, jacked and a bodybuilder and all this stuff. But if you stop lifting for a year, your jacked will turn into flab. And that's how spiritually, too, you say, I know that. It's not knowledge that keeps your faith up. It's the hearing of the word of God that keeps you jacked, spiritually, so to speak. Right? So we have to hear the word of God. But let me add a little bit more to it. Hear the word of God primarily from the house that he's called you to. Now, I don't mean the only place. I'm not saying this is the only place you need to hear the word. There's plenty of other good word out here. But let me tell you, if he's called you to this house, it's important to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to this house. Why? Because if he's called you to a family, there's authority in a family, and there's things that God's saying to a family. So I believe the blessing that's on the house and the word of the Lord to the house will be a blessing through you. That's why for so many years, I haven't been a senior pastor, but for so many years, I was under senior pastors, and you know what I did? I committed that every day of my life, if I was going to listen to the word, I first that week listened to the word of the Lord at that house. Because it was a blessing that I received from the word that was at that house. And let me say, um, Paul taught this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, for though you may have 10,000 podcasts, though you may have 10,000 instructors, yet you you don't have many fathers. See, God's put fathers in a house, and he's called someone to be in a house. And in fact, the message, it says, 1 Corinthians 4.14, it says, Um, Out of the message, I'm not writing all this uh, as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father to my children. Uh, uh, I love you and I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take time and effort to help you to grow It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. He's saying, because I preached the word of God to you, God made me your father. And let me just tell you, you don't earn that position. You don't try to usurp that position or take it. It doesn't do me any good for you to listen to the word of God. It does you good. And and, and it's not just for the information, but it's for a blessing and something that I believe the Lord is saying to you. Let me tell you, and I promise you, every single time. I preach the word of God. I never just lay out the year and say, here's what it is. I don't have to think about it anymore. Every single time I say these words, God, what are you saying to the church this Sunday? And I believe that if he's called you to this house, it's something that it will relate to you. It's something that you receive from the Lord. I only say it because I've done it for so many years and I've been on both sides of it. There are a lot of pastors who are afraid to tell people the truth. There are a lot of pastors who are afraid to go deep because they're afraid to lose people. I don't want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because some people don't understand it. I don't want to talk about, you know, money because I don't, people don't understand it. I don't want to talk about divine healing because you might think I'm off or weird. Well, you know what? It, everything we teach has to be from the Bible, from the Word of God. And if a pastor is afraid to teach the Bible, the pastor should quit and go do something else. Somebody say Amen. It's important to teach the word of God. And I'm telling you, all I want and all the Lord wants for you is for you to grow into who God has called you to be. That's the plan of God for our lives. So uh, there's a reason that you're in this house, not because I'm a better teacher. There's a, uh, Most teachers out there, I would say, are better teachers than I am. That's just how I feel. But I'm just telling you, it's one of those things that if you uh, submit to the, the, wherever the Lord has you, there's a blessing in being in the place, being in, in alignment with where the Lord has you. Somebody say amen. amen. So I always check out and see what the Lord's saying to my house first, or what the house that He's called me. Hey, how many would say this has been a, a weird week? A heavy week. January 5th was the Georgia elections where two Democrats were voted in to uh, in, into the uh, the Senate and it became a 50-50. Right. And now knowing whoever comes into presidency and vice presidency with that, that's going to be the majority that's going to send it over the other side. So there's a lot of people worried on this side and a lot of people worried on that side. I mean, it was just a uh, it was a prayer one. It was one of those things where you got in there and prayed. How many prayed on, on January 5th? Okay, And then January 6th, it was Electoral College got together and to count votes. And, you know, before that, there was President Trump had a rally right out there, right out in front of the White House and uh uh, then there was the protests that are going on they call it a trump protest but i think there was more people involved than than uh president trump's you know people i think there was a lot of people that came there was a lot of people i know that went there just to pray and just to uh to to pray the will of god over that place how many know that and believe that they didn't go there to to cause hell they called there to bring heaven a lot of people did right But then also you get in there to pray and and demons will show up too. You have other people that will show up, right? I somebody sent me a video to where there was like four buses of, you know, they said it was Antifa of people that the actual actual city um, uh, lights and, you know, like police came in and escorted them in and let them out into the, uh, you know, you don't know what you're seeing in videos and things like that. But, I mean, you look at this stuff and you just realize there's a whole lot more going on than you and I know. Somebody, you know that? So anyone who would stand up on a soapbox and say, this is the way it is, I just say, well, that's one way it is. <laughs> but there's a whole lot more. And uh, and then um, there's these protests and rioting. And then the uh, the President Trump stood up, and he didn't um, concede necessarily, but he said, I want there to be a peaceful transition, and people should go home and not you know fight and such and then there was a president-elect that was announced um, uh, what the decision was and you know the whole thing between President Trump and Vice President Pence he should do the right thing he says that this is the right thing what I'm going to do he says you're a coward I unfollow you from Twitter and then this one you know comes over and then Twitter ends up coming and then President Trump says I'm not going to come to the inauguration and then Twitter comes and says okay we're going to ban you Right? Facebook, we're gonna ban you, Instagram, we're gonna ban you. And then there's this other platform that's not uh, it's parlor, right? Parlor comes out and says, Okay, we're gonna have free speech. And then now Facebook and Amazon and Apple, Google, you know, says, okay, then we're gonna ban Parler. And then and then we come and say, Well, there's free there's a lack of free speech. What's going on? What the heck's going on? We're looking at all this stuff. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. We need to pray. I don't think there's anybody in this room or anybody who's listening to this that's going to solve all this stuff. We need to pray. I don't think there's anybody in any of those houses at any of those desks that are going to solve this stuff. We need to pray. Come on, right now, pray with me. Let's do it. Lord, we pray for our government. God, we pray Lord, you said righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the reproach of any people. And right now, God, fervently, we uh, as a congregation at Memphis Tabernacle, we pray for righteousness. Say it out with me. I pray for righteousness in my government. I pray that the will of God would stand. I pray that the the elected officials that you would want in place, you'd get them into the White House. You'd get them into the House of Representatives and the Senate, God. Get into the Supreme Court court. God, we pray that leaders that are godly leaders, Lord, God would would get voted in, God, and appointed in Jesus' name. We also pray for the current leaders that are in there. You said in your word that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and like the rivers of water you turn it wherever you wish. So right now we pray for every leader say it with me. I pray for every leader that's in our nation and I pray that God you would turn their hearts to vote righteous to operate righteous not to be political not to be Lord according to the love of money or any other thing God we pray Lord that in Jesus name. You would bring righteousness to our nation. Righteousness in Jesus name. We also pray while we're at it over the state of Tennessee. Righteous Lord over the state. We also pray over the the city of Memphis and all the surrounding cities. Righteousness over Memphis. Would you say it with me right now? Righteousness over this city. We pray. God we also pray. You are the light of the world. And we pray that you would shine into all corruption, all deception, and expose it in Jesus' name. Political lies, communication that's not upfront and honest and twisted. Lord, we know that the enemy twists the truth, and we pray that it would be exposed right now. Come on, pray with me. We pray that it would be exposed. Expose unrighteousness, we pray, in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Thank you for it. (laughs) Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means that it takes humility to cast it over on the Lord. I know that I talk to some people that they're like, I'm just so anxious. Well, that's not the word of God. I'm just so troubled. No, that's pride. If you if you keep trouble, that means you think you can solve it more than God can solve it. Listen, the Bible says, be anxious for don't fret or have anxiety about anything. If you're in fear, that's not God. It's not God. God never said one time in the Bible, He came to you and showed up and said fear. It was always fear. Come on, it was always fear. Yeah, so if some something's causing fear, it's not God. The only fear you need to have with God is the fear of God. (laughs) It's called the fear of the Lord. Isn't that right? So come on, let's just say I cast off all fear. Say it with me. I cast off all anxiety, all anxiousness, all pressure. Oh, and I trust in the Lord, and I thank you that you take care. Begin to praise the Lord. Thank you that you're going to take care of everything in Jesus' name. The battle is the Lord's. Only God can do it, and we pray in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it, Lord. And we give it to you. Say it again. I give it to the Lord. And that means the Lord's got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, on Monday, we started our time of prayer and fasting on Sunday. But on Monday, I took Monday, Tuesday, and uh, part of Wednesday to go pray and fast personally alone with the Lord and ask the Lord a bunch of questions. And he answered most of them. But um, one of the questions was, what is the word of the Lord for Memphis Tabernacle for this year? What are you saying to this year, uh, over this year? And let me tell you, as I was praying, I prayed for a long time about it. And as I was praying, I saw a picture of Memphis Tabernacle and the people of Memphis Tabernacle. And I saw the word over the top of this church, the word glory. That's the word of the Lord for this year. The glory of the Lord is on this house in 2021 that's the word of the Lord. Somebody's looking for some big preached word of the Lord. The literal word of the Lord is the word. Lord. And listen, whenever God gives a word to a house, he gives it corporately, but it also can be applied individually. So if you're part of this house, let me tell you, your word this year, or at least one of your words this year is the glory of the Lord is going to be on you this year this year amen the second thing was the lord told me to meditate and have our church meditate on isaiah 60 see there, no scripture is just for private interpretation it's not just the application of there but god uses scripture and applies it to your life in times and let me tell you i believe that isaiah 60 in fact would you open up there isaiah 60 is a prophetic word for us this year there's two things there's about information there's news News tells the things about the past and the present, and then there's prophecy. Prophecy tells things about the future, right? The past and the present. You can look to people for the news, and you'll get what the news is, unless it's fake news, right? You'll get what the news is or was, but you don't get prophecy from the news. You'll get bad prophecy, right? But, but they don't factor God into it. But you want to know what the word of the Lord is. And I believe that this is a prophetic chapter for you and for our church for this year. And the word is glory, glory. Isaiah chapter 60 says this, arise, shine. What does arise mean? Get up. You've been locked in your bunkers. And then blaming it on, well, that's the law. No, spiritually, get up. Get out of your funk. Get out of your stuff. Arise and do what? You arise and say, here I am. No, shine. Why? Because your light has come. And the glory of God, of the Lord, has risen upon you. Look at, for behold, the word behold just means look. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Notice this, the earth, he's saying, will be covered by darkness. How many would say, I've seen that, yeah. But then he says, but the people on the earth will be covered by deep darkness. In other words, it's worse on the people than it is on even the earth. Deep darkness. Have you seen deep darkness on the people of the earth? I mean, it seems like it's getting darker and darker. But he says, uh, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Listen, the earth around us may be getting darker and darker, but you are not going to get darker and darker. You're going to get brighter and... Come on, say, I'm going to get brighter and brighter. See, when the earth gets darker and darker, we don't have to worry about it. I know, I'm so worried. If you're not in the Lord, you you should be worried. If you're not in the Lord, you should be freaked out. But in the Lord, what should we be? Yeah, we should rejoice. The Bible says the Lord's going to arise on you. Now, I want you to notice a couple things about this. He says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Whose light is it? And he says, in the glory of the Lord, notice, it's your light, but it's God's glory. It, you don't have to push light. Oh, I'm trying to be light. Oh, I'm trying to be... No, no, no. You you reflect light. In other words, the source of light doesn't come from you, but the source of light is refle- reflected from you. It's like a mirror. A mirror doesn't create the image. A mirror reflects the image. The light is the Lord. The mirror reflects the light. So, So where is the Lord going to be seen? He says... The glory of the Lord has risen, is risen upon you. In other words, the glory of the Lord is going to be seen, but where do people see the glory of the Lord? Say it. Where do people see the glory of the Lord? Oh, I just saw smoke. Oh, I just saw. No, they're going to look at you and see the glory of the Lord. They're going to look at you. See, we reflect the glory of the Lord we're reflections of the glory we are mirrors and if we'll stay in the presence of god and in the word of god and if we'll stay open to the voice of the lord when people look at us they're going to see the reflection of the glory of god we're reflectors of the glory of god so look again it's your light it's his glory but people are going to see glory on you you may be closing your eyes and say i'm trying to see the glory of the glory of the lord no open your eyes because the glory of the Lord is going to be seen on the people. I believe, I, I'm not saying it's not for every other church or any other church out there, but I know it's for this church. The glory of the Lord is, is supposed to be on this church and over this church and in the people of this church. How many would say, I'm a reflector of the glory of the Lord? That's 2021. Listen, that's a, this is a year for you to reflect the glory of the Lord. He says, the Gentiles, who is that? It's the people outside of the promise, outside of the covenant of God. The, the Gentiles will come to your light. Notice it's your light. The kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Notice it's your rising. So lift up your eyes all around you and see. They'll gather together and they'll come to you. People are going to start coming and being attracted to be around you. And you wonder, what is it? Is it just that this is my year? No, it's that they're coming to see the reflection of the glory of the Lord. They're coming because they say something's on you. What is it? Glory, What's on it? Glory. It, it's, it, it's the essence of God, sort of the bling of God. It, it's, the, it's the wow. In fact, you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Solomon in all of his glory was talking about wealth. I'm not talking about just, sometimes we think wealth and we're like, sorry, you just saying riches? No, I'm talking about glory, much more than that. It's something where you're blown away. Whoa, it's the wow. It's going to be seen on you. And it involves every facet and every area of your life. And then verse 5 says, Then you shall, who shall? Yeah, you. Then me, you, you shall see and become radiant. Notice this. You see it and you become radiant. It's kind of like, you know when you get dressed, you might you might get dressed one morning and you go, "Wow, that outfit looks really good today," and you feel you actually feel better walking through life that day, right? You walk in and people say, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "Hey, I feel good." You it makes you walk different, it makes you talk different, it makes you shine more, right? It's this is I'm talking about out, outward uh, something. You may even look at someone and say, "Yeah, you look good today," thinking, "Man, because I know I look good today." The Bible says, "You shall see the glory that's on your life, and you'll become radiant." What does that mean? It means there's a confidence in the glory. There's something on your life that stands up tall and says, look at, I carry the reflection of God on my life. He says, you shall, um, you shall see and become radiant and your heart will swell with joy because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come with you. Notice it affects your finances. Well, that's spiritual wealth, brother. No, it's not. No, it's spiritual wealth too, but it's monetary wealth as well. He says, the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. What does that mean? And I declared over every person in this church, supernatural wealth is going to come to you this year. Supernatural provision is going to come to you this year. You may think, well, I'm already provided for. I guess that's enough. No, it's not enough if it doesn't reflect the glory of the Lord. What is it for? Is it for some prosperity gospel of, of, oh, so that I could just become rich and have this big bling and people can look at me? No, it's so that you can be a blessing on this earth. You can be someone that looks, someone looks at you and respects you and sees even more than they see. They see the glory of the Lord and they say, what is it about you? So he says, what's going to happen? The wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. What is the wealth of the Gentiles? I believe that means it's wealth from unexpected places. It's outside of your employment. It's outside of where you think wealth is going to come from. He says, the wealth of the Gentiles, the people who you don't even expect it to come from, supernatural provision is going to come to you. You say, well, I don't know if I believe it. Well, then you won't receive it. You only get things, prophetic things, if you believe it. It's the absolute truth. Prophecy is conditional. I can stand up and give a prophecy and you don't receive it, then you don't receive the, the what it is. But I'm telling you with all of my heart, I know that I know that I know that the Lord is saying and applying certain things in this scripture to us this year. That's you individually and that's to this house. He goes on and says, the multitude of camels will cover your land. I don't think that applies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you say, you know, and then he goes on, verse 7, he says, all the flocks of Keter shall be gathered together with you and the rams, and, the, uh, and they shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Can I tell you, I believe that the glo- God's going to glorify this house. Why? Because this house is his house. It's not some church where you go, that's right, we get it all right. Can I tell you, we as a church do not have all of our systems and all the communication and everything perfect, and we probably never will. We're going to do our best to communicate and do that. But it's not going to be us that's going to cause people to be reflected. People are not going to come and say, oh, that's the sharpest church, that's why I'm here. No, they're going to come and say, I don't know what it is, but God's just there the glory of the Lord is on the house and I just need to be close to the Lord. How many know that people are tired of church, systems, organization? They need God. They need the word of the Lord. They need the real tangible presence of God. I've walked into places and I know when God's not there. And I've walked into places and I know where God goes to that place. And I pray, God, if you ever leave this church, I'll be the first one to leave. The only thing good about Memphis Tabernacle, I'm telling you, is that God attends this church. Yeah. It's the only thing good. The presence of the Lord. In fact, in fact, Moses said in, in uh, Exodus 33, he said, if your presence doesn't lead us here, lead us, move us on from here, he says, don't let us go. What is he saying? I choose presence over promotion, presence over progress. And then he goes on and says, because how will people know that we're not just like everybody else unless you're presence? In other words, if God's not with us, then we, then we don't know, uh, then we don't have the validation of God. Hey, let, let me break these two things down. Listen, you need the word of the Lord and the presence of the Lord for two different reasons. The word of the Lord will direct you. The presence of the Lord will validate you. The word of the Lord will show you what's next. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me, right? But the presence of the Lord will validate you. Uh, He said, unless your presence goes with us, how will people know that we're your people? It validates us as the people of God. So we need the presence of God in our lives. There will be glory on this house. Verse 7, I will glorify the house of my glory. He goes on and he says, uh, in verse look down at verse 11 therefore your gates shall be open continually they shall not be shut day or night when I read that here's what I I, I saw again is that and I say it over this house that we're going to be a house that's going to be open for perpetual prayer and praise and worship 24 7 the doors of our house will not be closed in other words anytime, day or night, someone needs God, a touch of God, the presence of God, the word of God, they can come down to the house of the Lord and they can come in and experience God. Now, I know this isn't the house of the Lord alone. We're the house of the Lord, right? I don't dwell in temple made with hands. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's right. But there's still something about a place that people gather where god can meet people and that's what this place is he says that they may bring wealth to your uh, gentiles kings of your perception the nation of the kingdom he will serve you and you shall perish um not perish verse 13 the glory of lebanon shall come to you the cypress the pine the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary how many know this is the sanctuary of god and I will make the place uh, of my feet glorious. Let me say over this this year, and I'm just telling you vision over this house this year, we're, I believe that we're going to make huge progress on the building plans and the beauty of this house right here on the corner of Cooper and Walker this year. And the decisions that we make are going to reflect the glory of the Lord. We're going to say, does it reflect the glory of the Lord? We're not going to do it halfway. You know the word. I'm not going to do it that way either. We're going to do it glory. It's going to reflect the glory of the Lord. Why? Because the glory of the Lord's on us and the glory of the Lord is on the house. He says here in verse 15, whereas you have been forsaken and hated so that no one went through you, I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy to many generations. See, he goes on and he says, people who afflicted you, they're going to come back and start bowing to you. I declare over you this year, That supernatural, you have supernatural favor and honor even with those who hate you, even with those who haven't talked with you, even with family members who you haven't talked with for a long time. I declare that this year, and I'm saying this prophetically, this year you're gonna reunite. You're gonna reunite some relationships and the glory of the Lord and the favor of the Lord is gonna be upon you this year and upon this house. I declare supernatural favor with government over Memphis Tabernacle in Jesus' name. He says, you'll drink the milk of Gentiles and milk the breasts of kings. I didn't know kings had breasts, but you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Instead of bronze, I'll bring you gold. Instead of iron, I'll bring you silver. What is he saying? He said, I'm not going to bring in the cheap stuff. I'm going to bring in the pure, the real The wanted, the coveted, instead of wood, bronze, instead of stones, iron, I'll make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. And look at verse 18 up on the screen. Read this together. It says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Say it again. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Do you know that just two days ago, I actually opened up the paper and I saw our church on the paper. Why? Because it was our church? No, because two people got shot right here on this corner right outside and it's usually you see these things that are late late at night or early early in the morning like one two in the morning or something like that people are just out driving around you know things like that but two people got shot memphis police reported by december the 21st that there was 323 homicides right here in our city with 284 of them being murders right here in our cities we just read though violence shall no longer be heard in your land see this Memphis when we move into Memphis when we come in into Memphis it's called our land why because it's God's land that means glory reflects in this land and what happens violence goes down come on say it with me violence goes down in this land because we're here wait a minute it's because God's here right right but the reflection of God is on you Remember how it starts? Arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It is God. 28% of last year's homicides was linked to teen groups, police say. 28%, gang related, teen related. But in our land, we're not gonna hear that violence, right? Violence shall no longer be heard. Read it, read it with me. Violence, come on. In fact, don't just read it. Listen, declare it. Come on, let's declare it. Violence shall no longer be heard in memphis say it over cooper young violence shall no longer be heard over midtown over memphis over the cities that you're in we declare it in jesus name we declare that the news reports are going to say that violence goes down not violence rose but violence goes down in fact let me tell you what's interesting last year they pulled people out of churches and people are home and people are away and violence went up I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making some political statement or saying this and that. Here's what I am saying. We declare that because we're here, the and I'm not talking we we, I'm talking we we're here. The people of God, the glory of God, the reflection of God is here. Violence goes down. Say it with me. Violence goes down in Jesus name. Say this, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise you know every night before i go to bed i walk to every door and i just say thank you lord we're covered it's not these little dinky locks or ADT that's going to cover us no psalm 127 says unless the lord guards the city the watchman stays awake in vain in other words you can have all you can have a string of locks all the way up your door and all you can have guards standing out but if god's not guarding your house it's not guarded because you can cover it physically it ain't cover spiritually right Let me just tell you, you need to let the Lord, we need to let the Lord guard. And so I just walk around to all the gates. What is that? It's the doors. What does he say here? He says, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates. Your gates are the openings. Your gates praise. So listen, you walk in your home. You walk to all of your doors and you just say, I call these place praise. When people walk in, they're not going to walk in afraid. What's in here? what's in here what's in here is the presence and glory of God somebody just say it right now let's in fact let's just look at our walls right here where we are and just put out your hand to your wall to the walls right now and say Lord we call these walls salvation say these walls are protected say Memphis Tabernacle is protected the people are protected around here and the walls of our city are protected say this my home is protected my city is protected my street is protected And Lord, we call our gates, we call the entrances, the doorways where corruption, Lord, where villains, God, where wicked would want to start. Lord, we call all of our, just look at a door right now and say, Lord, I call it, I call uh, uh, my gates praise. And I thank you that there's praise. When people walk into our gates, they have praise. Lord, on the corner, right out here, instead of someone bringing a gun on the corner, they'll walk out of here this corner and drop the gun and repent. Because somehow the glory of the Lord was on that corner in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, that's what what he's saying. That's what happens when the glory of God. It's not just so you could look good. It's so everybody around you can be changed. The sun shall no longer, verse 19, be your light and day. The brightness and the moon will give light to you. He's saying you could look at your lights and the sun and the moon, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. Motel 6 had that slogan, we'll leave the lights on. But let me tell you, God is the one who's really going to leave the lights on. When you have glory reflected on your lights, the the life the, the lights don't go off. They stay on. You have glory in the middle of the night. You might have to wear an eye mask. Why? Because you have glory shining in your room. And you're trying to go to sleep, right? The glory of the Lord will be an everlasting Light to you, God's lights will stay on. And look down. I want to point out one more verse. Verse twenty-two. It says, "A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one, a strong nation." I believe that as I read this, the Lord spoke to me and said, "This house is going to be a thousand people plus." I'm going to bring a thousand people. Let me tell you, it's not it's not for me or for you to say, "Yeah, we have a big church." In fact, there's a lot of people who've told me I really like our church because I like a small church. Sorry. Because when the glory of the Lord shows up, you know what happens? People show up. When the presence of God come, people come. Just like that light, that that star of Bethlehem that was shining over the place where Jesus was, kings showed up from far distant lands, right? And it wasn't because of their great communication process. It wasn't because they had great website, a great website or great social media. In fact, all they had was a star and God put it there. star can i tell you god's able to represent himself and i believe that there's going to be glory that you're going to see in this house and people are going to start showing up and then he ends the whole chapter with saying i the lord will hasten it what is he saying i'm going to bring it to pass and it's not going to wait around a long time how many are glad it's god and not not your leaders Here's what leaders, leaders stand up, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna do this and we're gonna let, let me tell you, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reflect the glory of the Lord. And if you see things that aren't right, and when I say aren't right, like the systems and communication or things that are they're like, ah, that's a little sloppy or it's a misspelled word or this and that, that's me, that's not the glory of the Lord. That's us, right? But the main thing that's going to that's gonna change people's lives and attract people is the glory of the Lord. How many would say, I receive that over my life today? How many would say, I receive that over the church today? Come on. How many would say, I receive it right now? Take both of your hands. Lift them up to the Lord right now. And just say, Lord, I receive it today in Jesus' name. I receive the word of the Lord today. The word of the Lord always applies to a body, but it applies to individuals. Say, I receive the word of the Lord over my family this year. I receive that the glory of the Lord is going to be reflected in my family this year. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, it's the most important decision that you could ever make. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So whether you're doing it for the first time, or you're returning to the Lord right now, I want you to say this with me today. Say, Jesus. Come on, in fact, everybody in here, say, Jesus. But mean it with your heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I repent of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you let us know on a connect card or you can text that. Get baptized. We're going to have baptism coming up. Get into discipleship, which is going to start in three weeks. Back. If you've never been in discipleship too or you've never been in freedom, get in that. It starts in three weeks. I'm telling you, it is life changing. It's just awesome. But bow your heads and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me this year? And then say, what do you want me to do? Those two things. What are you saying? What do you want me to do? Glory in this house today. Glory in every home today. We say glory over Memphis Tabernacle today. Glory over this city today. Lord, send revival. Lord, cover this earth with your glory. Cover your people with your glory. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voices to the Lord. Cover your people with your glory, Lord. Cover me with your glory, Lord. Do signs and wonders in my life, Lord. Forgive me for playing church, Lord. Forgive me, God, for running through the motions, Lord. Revolutionize my life this year on every person in here right now just open up to God revolutionize my life this year I pray oh I open up myself for a move of God and Lord I pray for revival God over this church but I pray for a personal revival over every heart right now every life right now I speak to complacency, and I say, you leave. I speak to disobedience, and I say, leave in Jesus' name. I speak to demonic influence, activity, even things that have been welcomed in, and I say, leave in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you'd fill us fresh with the Holy Spirit. Come on, open up your hands, open up your heart. Say, fill me with your spirit, fresh and new today. Pour out your spirit in my life. Give me fresh direction right now in my life. Do your will. Do your work, God. And Lord, we pray for those that are around this place. God, we pray for people who don't know you. That they would come to know Jesus as the Lord of their lives. We pray. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed. Ready when you are God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.